0: So we have been working our way through John uh, chapters 13, 14, 15, and 16. We're in John chapter 16 this morning. John chapter 13, Jesus begins this discussion with his uh Uh, disciples, one of the last conversations that he has with them before he goes on and is crucified. Just again, I I give you that just as a a, a context for the passage that we're going to read. Remember, he just said in John chapter 15 that if you follow me as I'm hated, you're hated, you're gonna be hated. If the world loved me and loved everything I had to say, they'd love you and everything you have to say as well. And what he didn't really, what he didn't say, but what he was leading up to is, as you are soon gonna find out, if the world hates me, they're hating you. Jesus was soon going to find out the extent of that. His disciples were soon going to find out the extent of that. So John chapter 15 and verse 26, Jesus says, when the advocate comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me, And you also must testify for you have been with me from the beginning. So he's saying you've been with me from the beginning. He's speaking specifically to those apostles that are there with him. They followed him for three years. You've been with me. You know the things that you've seen. I need you to testify about them in the upcoming days. Also, he said, I'm going to the Father, and when I go to the Father, we're going to read about that in just a second, when I go to the Father, I'm going to send an advocate who is the Holy Spirit. That word advocate in the Greek, the word there is paraclete. I'm going to refer back to that a couple of times here. Uh, Paraclete, um, it's only mentioned, that word uh, is only mentioned actually five times in all of the New Testament, and John uses that word every time. He's the only one who uses it. He uses it four times in the gospel, once in 1 John, but that word paraclete actually means legal advocate, legal counsel, defense, defender, intercessor, or helper. Legal, think of it as legal counsel. I'm going to send legal counsel, I'm going to send a helper, I'm going to send the paraclete. He's talking about, of course, the Holy Spirit. He says, as I leave here, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. Again, we have the benefit of 2,000 years of written history from this date, but these guys were living it in real time. They did not know what was going to happen today. They didn't know what was going to happen tomorrow. They had no idea the crucifixion that was coming up. They had no idea the horrendous punishment that Jesus was going to take for them. Jesus told them, The world hates me. It's going to hate you but I'm gonna send an advocate. Verse chapter 16, we shared this last week. 16, there's a lot of scriptures today, folks. I'm not gonna apologize for that. This is is about scripture, defining scripture this morning. So uh, John chapter 16 and verse one, Jesus said, all of this I have told you so that you will not fall away. When the world hates you, When you begin to realize how much the world hates you, when you begin to realize how much the people that you hung out with before Jesus actually don't want to hang out with you after Jesus, don't be surprised. Jesus said, I'm telling you all this so that you will not fall away from me. They will put you out of the synagogue or out of the church. Whoa, wait a minute. You just said, if I come to Jesus... Then they're going to put me out of the synagogue? They're going to put me out of the church? When I come to Jesus, they're going to put me out of the church? Wait a minute. How does that work? I came to church to get close to Jesus, and now you're telling me when I get there, they're going to throw me out of the church? Hang on, we'll get there. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think that they are offering a service to God. We get on into the book of Acts. You look at the life of Saul of Tarsus. Saul was actually thinking he, was, he becomes Paul. He, he writes more letters in the New Testament than anybody else. Paul actually believes at one point he's doing God a favor by standing up for all the rules and the regulations of the Old Testament, and he actually is killing people who said, I'm going to follow Jesus. Again, we have the benefit of 2,000 years of written history, but that's what takes place. John chapter 16 and verse 3, Jesus continues, they will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. Hang on, this becomes useful in a minute. They didn't know they're in the synagogue, they're in the church, they're in the, the positions of religious authority, but they don't know God. And Jesus said, when you come to know me, those people who are guarding all these rules and regulations, they're not gonna like that. And they might throw you out of the church and even kill you. I have told you this um, so that when their time comes, so that when the time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning. I, He says here, because I was with you, I think it's because they wouldn't have followed him. But he said, you know, I was with you and now he's getting ready to depart. But now I'm going to see, I'm going to him who sent me None of you asks me, where are you going? Rather, you're filled with grief because I have said these things. Very truly, I tell you, this is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, the paraclete, the legal counsel will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, grab a hold of this verse, when he comes, he will prove the world to be wrong about sin, about righteousness, and about judgment. This is a passage, this is the text I want to hold on to this morning, I want to look at, so I'm going to tell you to grab a hold of all your theological beliefs and uh, get ready to take them on a ride, uh, because we may end up in a place that you didn't think we were going to end up this morning. Verse 8 again, Jesus said the Holy Spirit, the counselor, the advocate, the comforter, the helper, the legal counsel, the paraclete will come and he will prove the world wrong regarding sin, regarding righteousness and judgment. These are Jesus' words, not mine. The Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to prove the world wrong. We have these three categories or three subjects here, sin, righteousness and judgment. And Jesus said, the way the world thinks about these things is wrong and the Holy Spirit's going to prove that. He is the legal counsel. He is going to prove that. As we see these three subjects, actually Jesus identifies them, but sin is really about man. It's about us. Righteousness is about Jesus and judgment is about the devil, Satan, the enemy. Call him what you want. He's the devil. Verse uh, Starting in verse 9, go back to verse 9. John 16 and 9. About sin because people do not believe in me. About righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. Interesting, Interesting line. Interesting line. So many times preachers will stop and we won't talk about these things because the disciples couldn't bear it, but here we are 2,000 years later, some of this we can bear. Because some of it we understand because the disciples were living in real time. They didn't know what Jesus was going to go through. We now understand what Jesus went through in paying for our sins. So some of this stuff, instead of putting it off and saying, I got a lot to say, but I can't say it now because you can't understand it. We need to open it up so that we can understand it. Because some things have happened. If you wonder, yeah, I've been chewing on this one for a while. I have much more to say, more than you can bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, the paraclete comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me. It is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father, Jesus said, all that belongs to the Father is mine, And that is why I said, the Spirit will receive from me what He will make known to you. So, everything that Jesus has received from the Father, He gives to the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit then brings that truth to us. First category. First category is sin. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will prove the world wrong about sin. For years, I thought of sin personally, I thought of sin as rebellion. Like Adam and Eve rebelled against God when they sinned. And they did rebel. And rebellion was sin. But that's not what Jesus is talking about. I'm going to step up a minute. Is rebellion sin? Yes. Is gossip sin? Yes. Is smoking, drinking, and chewing sin? Yes, 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 yes. Is swearing sin? Yes. We all agree with that? Yes good answer. <clears throat> Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So let's just take those sins and you kind of line them up. Just, just drop them in your mind. Just grab them and throw them into a pile. Is that sin? Yep. 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 Is that sin? Yep. Is swearing sin? Yep. Is cheating sin? Yep. There's this little pile of sins sitting over here. But Jesus is not really talking about that. See, those, are, like, those are, are not sin. Those are sins. Those are things that we do. They are a list of infractions. They're a list of, of our will against God's will. They're a list of infractions against God's morals, against his rules, against his principles. Remember last week I had Barry stand up and say, well, if Barry made a game and he gets the right to make up all the rules, right? Well, God created everything that there is. He has all these rules. And when we break those rules, we got this pile of sins. Anybody ever take a look in the mirror and see that pile of sins that you got in your life and go, oh, God. that's not what the holy spirit's really talking about here. Jesus said it is the role of the paraclete to convince us of truth verse number 9 about sin because people do not believe in me. He did not say that the holy spirit is going to come and convict you of cheating He didn't say the Holy Spirit's going to come and convict you of lying. He didn't say the Holy Spirit, I'm out of things to throw down. I ain't taking my shirt off. He's going to convince you of all these things. He didn't say that here at all. I can't see anybody now. He didn't say he's going to convince you of all those sins. What he said is, because people do not believe in me. That's The nature of sin is not believing in God. When we don't believe in God, all these other things, all these other things are just actions that correspond with that. Does that make sense? Hang on to your theology, or maybe let it go, one or the other. Jesus just got done taking a happy meal and feeding 15,000 people with it, a couple of fish and a couple of loaves of bread. He just raised Lazarus from the dead after he'd been dead for four days. He walked on water in the middle of a storm, and then when he got to the boat on the other side, he told Peter, come on out and join me if you want to. He raised people from the dead. He healed the sick. Blind eyes were opened. And yet at the end of the day, people did not believe in him. It wasn't about a pile of sins. They didn't believe in him. Matthew chapter 11, I'm just going to share this. Then Jesus began to denounce the sins in which most of his miracles had been performed because they did not repent. Woe unto you, Corazon. Woe unto you, Bethsaida. For the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon. They would have repented in sackcloth and ashes a long, long time ago. But I tell you, it'll be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than it will be for you. And Capernaum, and you, Capernaum, will be lifted to the heavens? No you will go down to Hades. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. If you had seen, if Sodom and Gomorrah had seen the very miracles that I had performed, those people would have repented. And yet, you do not believe. That's the nature of sin, is that we do not believe. It's not about all the piles of stuff that we do. It's got nothing to do with that. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna go one step farther and I'm gonna say those piles of sin have nothing to do with the heaven and hell issue. What do you think of that? (laughs) Those piles of sin have nothing to do with it. Do you believe In what Jesus Christ has done. Because here's the deal. That pile of sin is going to change based on your belief. Nicole said it this morning. Thank you God for loving me so much. I I can't quote it. I wish I could. I thought I should be writing this down. God's revealed his grace. We, We should be so grateful because he's loved us even when we blew it. Jesus said the Holy Spirit is going to come and convict you of sin. Not the way the world sees it. Our hearts, you think about this, our hearts should be grieved by sin. And we, we have a hard time with that. If, okay, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just use me. I have a hard time. I have a hard time. I have a hard time with someone who sins over and over and over again and they do stupid garbage and they have stupid results in their life. You, you live like hell and you wonder why you got that consequences in your life. And I'm supposed to feel sorry for you? I'm supposed to feel grieved? You've done this 47 times. You wonder why you got this garbage in your life? I'll tell you why you got this garbage in your life and all of a sudden I got my self trousers on and I'm going to let you know exactly why that's going on. And the Bible is not talking about us being grieved about sins in that way, but grieved by the fact that they don't believe in Christ. Because they don't believe in Christ, the end result is hell. It's separation from God. And the Holy Spirit says he's going to come and he's going to convict the world of sin. He's going to convict the world of sin. He's going to convince them, going to prove to them that it's Jesus said about sin because you don't believe in me. Matthew chapter 12, verse 30. Whoever is not with me is against me and whoever does not gather with me scatters. And so I tell you, every kind of sin and slander can be forgiven, but the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or for the age to come. When the Holy Spirit comes knocking on your door behold I stand at the door and knock anyone who opens the door I will come in with him and I will sup with him I will come in I'll be, I'll be there with him we're going to spend eternity together the Holy Spirit's knocking and you got that heart beating out of your chest I can't wait I know God's moving in my life I know he's moving in my life I've got to do something about it and instead you go yeah but not today <sighs> I'm going to push that off and I'm going to push that off and I'm going to push that off the only sin that God cannot forgive is the one that we will not repent of the only sin he cannot forgive is when we don't turn to Christ himself. That's the sin, that's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. It's rejecting God, rejecting the Holy Spirit, rejecting that call, rejecting over and over and over again. And we for far too long have gotten all wrapped up on the little piles of sins. You do this, you do that, you do, oh man, he's living like he's going to hell. He, did you see that? Oh boy, I can't believe you're doing it. Oh. what have they done with Christ? What have I done with Christ? What do I believe about Christ? Jesus said about sin because we don't believe in Him. I'm telling you, you put your hope, you put your trust you put your confidence in Christ, those other things are gonna fall away. You're gonna wonder how where they went to. A couple of years ago I was my sister passed away. Most of you know this story. My sister passed away, and the following day my well went out and it was July it was it was January eleventh. My well went out. I looked in my backyard and the backyard was all water. It's all water. It's a mess. Snow's melted. It's all water. So I told Annette, there's got to be a broken water line down there someplace. So I started digging about the dumbest thing I've ever done. So the well's sitting like right here and the house is sitting right there and I know the water line goes in right there. So where do you dig? You dig right here. So I start digging and digging and digging and digging and digging with a shovel. And then it gets down so deep I'm down in this hole. I haven't gotten to the bottom of the well casing yet, but we turn on the pump and the water stills boiling out. So I, so I finally get to the point where I can't dig with a shovel and lift it up and throw it over my head because it all comes down on my shoulders. So I take a five-gallon bucket. I'm scooping it out and pitching it up over top of the, the thing in the net. And Zoe, you're out there dumping it, and there's water and ice froze every place. And I get to the bottom of this stupid well. Did I say stupid again? I got to the bottom of this well, and you know where the pipe was broke? On this side. And I thought, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. So I called the contractor, and he came, and he dug it out. The long and the short of that story is, in the midst of all that, I tore my rotator. And I got to where I couldn't hardly lift my arm. And I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, I need you to, let's do a test. So you hold out your arm. So I got my arm out there, and I'm holding it. And she does the test. She's like, "Yeah, it's torn." I said, "Well, what? What are the odds that it'll just fix itself? It'll get better? That it can get healed?" She said, "Zero. You have to have surgery. We should schedule it soon." All right, all right. So I told a few people, and I didn't schedule it, 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 and I didn't schedule it. And I noticed about four months later or five months later, I went to put something up on the shelf and I was using that arm and I thought, hey, look, that thing works. (laughs) Miraculously, it worked because you get God first and all those other things kind of tend to fall in line. You get Jesus first. You don't got to worry about that pile of sins. Get him right first. Deal with the sin issue of believing in him and studying his word, and trying to hear from him, and the next thing you know, you're going, I haven't had a smoke in a month. I haven't sm- those thoughts, I haven't had one of those thoughts in a long time. Stop battling all the sins, and get hold of the sin issue, and believe in Jesus. I'm convinced we're fighting the wrong battle most of the time. I'm convinced of it. We're fighting all the end result. This is, the, these sins that we do, that's like the result of, that's the after. The, 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 the byproduct of not dealing with, not letting God deal with the sin in our life. That might challenge some of our thought process. That might challenge some of our theology. I'm glad. I'm glad. Romans says, again, maybe you don't don't believe. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God and believe in your heart, sin because people don't believe and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I can get every one of you to stand up and say, Jesus is Lord. I could do it. I know I could. Since I've challenged you, there are a couple of you going, I bet you couldn't. I bet I could. I bet I could. I could get you to say it. But does that mean you're going to heaven? No. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And believe in your heart. I cannot make you believe that in your heart. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. But he's knocking, he's knocking, he's knocking. You say, I'm not, not, not." he isn't knocking on my door. He is, he is. Said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm gonna keep knocking. You don't have to open it. We went and listened to a speaker last week when we, uh, at the uh, health resources um, uh, fundraiser here in town. This guy was an abortion doctor, performed over 12 100 abortions he explained to us almost absolutely clinical and it had to be just clinical otherwise it would have made you throw up how he did late-term abortions second trimester abortions clinically explained it all he was a part of a, a gynecological clinic and though they didn't say they were an abortion clinic they did abortions and he had a woman who came in for her annual uh, exam. And at the end of her annual exam, she said, can I talk to you for a minute? And he's like, oh, you always go, oh, I don't see how this goes. So he said, sure. And he talked to her for a minute. And she said, I just want, I just want to know, have you, have you ever considered how much Jesus loves you? He's like, that's not what I expected. That's kind of crazy. And she left. And then she came back next year and said, Can I have just a couple minutes of your time? Sure. Have you ever considered how much Jesus loves you? I'm like, okay. And then someplace in the middle of the year, he gets this plate of brownies on his desk and a note from this lady who says, I just want you to know how much Jesus loves you. And she goes back to the same doctor year after year, after year. And she sends him cards and greeting cards and birthday cards and brownies year after year after year for seven years. Of course he considered Jesus. He was performing murder. Of course he was. God was speaking. The Holy Spirit speaking. It finally came to a point where he's like, I can't resist it anymore. I'm done. I need that christ in me that's what i need i don't care what the pile of sins is that you've done i don't care what the pile of sins is that you're doing sin is about not believing in jesus that's what his word says that's what his word says the holy spirit's going to come and convict us of sin of not believing, regardless of the miracles. Look, folks, there are people who are going to reject God because they're going to reject God. That doesn't make any difference. How many miracles you do, doesn't make any difference. How many times you tell them there are people, that are, there's, there's there, Jesus talked about the four soils. and I'm not going to preach this right now, but, I'm, but he talked about the good soil and then the, the, the soil with, with thin the rocky soil and the, the soil with, with weeds in it. There's different soils out there. You can share the gospel and pe- some people are going to take it, some people aren't they got a whole pile of sins, and they're like, let the Holy Spirit convict them. You just keep spreading the seed. You just keep spreading the seed. You just keep loving them. You just keep, keep laying it out there for them. Let the Holy Spirit convict them of sin, because he's going to change their mind about what sin is. It's not about, God, look at all the ugly things I've done. It's when we finally come to the point where we say, God, look at the ugly that I am. Look at the junk that's in my heart. It's no longer about the things that I did being wrong. It's that I'm wrong. It's that I don't believe in you. We gotta get to that point. The second thing that he says he's gonna convict the world of is righteousness. John 16 and 10. About righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can no longer see me. Habakkuk one thirteen says that God is so holy that he can't even look on sin. Jesus, when he's hanging on the cross, he finally takes the sin of the world upon him. He's been beaten. He's he's beaten beyond recognition, absolutely beyond. His body's been destroyed by a cat of nine tails. He's been ripped open his flesh. You can't even recognize him. And at some point, God turns away and Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? And he did because at that point, Jesus took on Our sin, he took on your sin, he took on my sin. Scripture says he became sin for us. He took that on and God couldn't look at him. But here we have Jesus saying he's gonna go back before the Father. What does that mean? It means there's a righteousness that's taken place. And it's not a righteousness that says, oh, you finally quit smoking? Now you're in a better spot. Oh, you finally quit cheating? Now you're you're better. That stuff happens, but that's not our righteousness. The Bible says that my righteousness before God is as filthy rags. Filthy rags. You ready to get grossed out? He's talking about menstrual cloths. Used. That's what my righteousness is like. Nothing. No good. Garbage. Trash. That's what my righteousness. All my righteousness I ain't gonna buy you jack. I ain't gonna get nothing for you. My righteousness is like filthy rags. Jesus said he's gonna convict the world. He's gonna convince. He's He's gonna reveal what righteousness is. And I think there's another part to this. I think there's a whole nother part. I think he's gonna reveal the unrighteousness. I think we're gonna begin to see the unrighteousness that is around us. I think the Holy Spirit's gonna Begin to reveal that. We begin to see. They might look good on the outside. man, there's a snake on the inside. He's going to reveal that. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The paraclete, the advocate. He comes to prove to the world that they are wrong regarding righteousness. As simply being about good things. Paul says, my, all my righteousness. Says, filthy rags. And he was the Pharisee of Pharisees. He was the one who was known best for keeping all the rules. He observed everything except Christ. When he accepted Christ, he finally said, I'm the chief of all sinners. I'm worse than any of them. I kept all the rules, I kept all the laws, but I'm worse than any of them. I was convinced as a kid that just going to church made me better than my buddies. Sure, I got stoned every now and again. Sure, I used to like to get drunk. Sure, I smoked cigarettes. But hey, I was better than my buddies. They didn't go to church. I was an altar boy. I really was. I really was. Yeah, you'd think, doesn't that buy you something? Doesn't that get you close to God? I mean, I was an altar boy. Yeah, we drank a little of the sacramental wine. But I was an altar boy. That should be worth something. Nothing. Filthy rags. Filthy rags. Nothing. It's worth nothing. Zero. Zilch. Zilch. Zip. Nada. Nothing. Worth nothing. Paul said everything that he was. He he even counted it all as dung after he became right with God. The third thing that Jesus talks about here. So Jesus is going back before the Father. Now they don't know it yet. The disciples don't know it yet. But he's about ready to get, go through the whole crucifixion and die and then be raised again after he defeats the enemy. And then he's going to ascend to the Father. When he ascends to the Father, the Bible says, then that's when he sends us the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, the Paraclete. That's when he sends us the Holy Spirit to convict the world of all sins. But while he's at the Father's side, the Bible says he is ever making intercession for Terry and for Linda and for Caleb and for Bruce and Mary. He's, he's making intercession for Marco. He's making intercession for, for each one of us. He's praying for us. We don't believe. The third thing that he deals with is judgment. John chapter 16, verse 11, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Who's the prince of this world? Satan. Bible calls him the prince of the power of the air. He's had authority here on the earth. But all of his authority is under the authority and the lordship of Jesus Christ. God is the ultimate authority John chapter 3 and verse 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world. He's not gonna pick on all those sins He's going to save you. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. It's that word believe again. We need to believe on the son. Jesus said, you're convicted, you're condemned because you have not believed in me. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. The verdict is this. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives in the truth comes into the light so that they may so that it may be it may so that it may be seen plainly that they have done what is done in the sight of God, that what they've done is done in the sight of God. It's plain to see what we've done when we walk into the light even though I can't read it. But we don't like, when we've got darkness, we don't like light. We want to keep that in the dark. Somebody's doing something wrong on the computer, they don't have all the lights in the house turned on and the door's unlocked and just, hey, do it in the middle of the living room. They're hiding out someplace on Amazon, whatever they're doing. Jesus said he's going to convict the world of sin because we don't believe of righteousness because Jesus is going to the cross on our behalf and a judgment. Here's something that I found really interesting as I was reading through this again and again and again. Think about a court system. You think about a court system and when the judge finally says, Raymond, you're guilty, okay? You come and you plead your case before the judge and the judge looks at all the evidence and he says, you're guilty. Now we're gonna go right to sentencing, right? After you've been determined, after the guilt has been determined, how often does the judge allow somebody else to come in and try and make it right for you? Once it's been determined that you're guilty, you're guilty. Minnesota is what's called a crime and punishment state. There are a determined amount of months set in prison for each crime. It's already there. If you've determined if the crime has been there, here's the punishment. That's what it is. It's not even at the judge's discretion anymore. Here's the crime. Here's the punishment. You're guilty. You don't, you've, you've, you've not believed in Christ. You're guilty. You're going to hell. So here's the crime. Here's the punishment. But in this case, we have an advocate. We have legal counsel. We have a paraclete who's come to convince us You need to change your mind. You need to change your mind. You need to change your heart. We have Jesus who has gone, he's paid the price. Now he's gone to the Father. He's at the Father's right side. And he's making intercession for you. Even though you've been determined that you're guilty, he's making intercession for us. It's not like it's done, you're guilty, you're going to hell. It's like you're guilty, I'm guilty. Jesus' like, okay, I paid the price. I paid the price. I paid the price. He went to hell. How long did the Bible say he stayed in hell? Three days. three days. Maybe this is just me. Maybe this is just the way my mind works. But if he went to hell and in three days paid the penalty, defeated the enemy, paid the penalty for all of your sins, I'm 55. I created, I, I, that man, that's 55. I did a lot of sins. 55 years. Terry, he's pushing 70. I know he's got a lot under his belt. Hokey, there's three days Jesus paid for all of our sins. Does that give you a picture of how bad hell is? And in three days, all that was paid? That's separation from God, torture, torment, three days' time. He paid for all of our sins. He took the punishment. He took that beating on the cross. He paid for our sins. He was the only righteous one. The Bible says he's the only righteous one. No sin, zero sin was found in him. Zero guilt, zero guilt, zero, nothing found in him. Yet he chose to take that for each of us. And we We at times don't believe. There are some of you sitting right here. There are people that are watching us online, and you've chosen not to believe. The Holy Spirit has come to convince you to change your mind that there is one who is righteous, there is one who has paid the price. He's paid the price for your sin, for my sin. It's not about those pile of little sins. It's about pay the price for our unbelief. Jesus said, I'm gonna convince you of sin because you have not believed. I wanna encourage you this week to chew on that, chew on that, chew on that. Read through John chapter 16. Read through that passage of scripture. Grab a hold of it. Let God stir your soul. If you walk out of here and go, eh, that was okay, yeah. I want to encourage you to let God stir your soul. Do we believe? Do we believe? I'm not so foolish as to think that every person, every person has got that right. The world looks at sin as right or wrong based on what I think is right or wrong and we see that changing daily there is almost no right or wrong anymore in our world has nothing to do with god's laws or his rules has nothing to do with his authority our world says right or wrong is based on what i feel today and the reality is right or wrong is already determined if you have not accepted christ punishment's hell that's it The world again bases righteousness on behavior, not on God. The new country song out, I hate it every time I've heard it. I believe most people are good. Most mamas qualify for a saint. I believe most people are good? That's not what the Bible says, right? And what the Bible says, and say most people are good. says, the thoughts of men are wicked at every turn. Another song I heard not that long ago. Here we are just trying to get to heaven. Just trying to get. Well, so stop trying. Stop trying. Your goodness is in filthy rags. Believe in Jesus and it's done. Stop trying. Righteousness is not about our behavior. It's about the person of Jesus Christ. It's about the sacrifice that was paid on our behalf for salvation. That's it. It is not about our behavior. It's about our relationship with Christ. And that relationship with Christ will then change our behavior. But it's not about our behavior. Jesus said, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and what I tell him. What he tells you, what is yet to come. And he will tell you what is yet to come. New glasses. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what He will make known to you, folks. When we get to the point where we believe in what Jesus has done, and we believe in Him, the Holy Spirit convicts us on a daily basis. Don't don't do that. Don't go there. Let me take you down this path. Let's turn this way. Let's leave that aside. It's so easy. Christianity is not difficult. Christianity is not difficult. I think it's harder to fight God. I think it's way harder to fight God. And the results are, far, are f- far worse. All of this, all of this, all of this is in the context of the same conversation that Jesus said, I have a new rule for you, New law. I want you to love one another as I have loved you. That's what this is in the context of. Love one another as I have loved you. Sin's about believing in God. We're going to close in prayer. God, I just thank you for each person who's here, each person who's watching us online. God, I believe you're speaking to our heart today. The world wants us to think that sin is about doing bad things. The world wants us to think that righteousness is about doing good things. And that somehow the difference between those two is what's going to create judgment. But the reality is each one of us, God, if we do not believe in you, we're sinners. It's not about what we do. My behavior is not my righteousness. You're my righteousness. You paid the price. I'm covered over with a coat of righteousness that Jesus gives to me. That's that's the song we used to sing. The enemy is the one who's judged, convicted. His sentence is determined. Our sentence is not determined until we have that take our final breath. And choose either to believe in you or not to. God, I pray that you'd use this time to breathe life. Holy Spirit, I'm gonna ask you to do what you do to convict, to convince each person in the sound of my voice. Holy Spirit, would you not let go? Would you keep knocking? Would you keep knocking? Would you keep knocking? Would you keep stirring the heart? Thank you, Father, for the life that you give us and the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Amen.